Hello, and welcome to the Moral Minority Show. I am Joshua Luckett, and I am joined by my co-host and friend, Katie Curley. What's up? Uh, today, we wanted to kind of walk through who the Holy Spirit is, and is there is there a place for... It, is, is the idea of the Holy Spirit and the theological um, like imaginations of what the Holy Spirit and who the Holy Spirit is, is that appealing, necessary, important for modern day society as, as we have a modern day society that is increasingly becoming less interested in religious spaces mm-hmm. um but is that a pretty good summation of kind of what you were thinking as we kind of dove into this episode yeah mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. Yeah. and so like I, so we want to kind of start off with like first off what is or who is the holy spirit mm-hmm. biblically theologically um and then and then kind of like shift and morph that into um, how do we how do we see that person being available helpful and advantageous towards a society that's becoming um, less and less religious so mm-hmm. start with you know who he is what the Bible present they who they are <laughs> who the Bible presents them to be, and then move into um, how he can engage with they can engage with modern society. That is going to be a struggle for me this entire right. right. I was just, I was about to say like <laughs> we talked about you know <laughs> y'all. It is it is very much appropriate to respond to refer to the Holy Spirit as they them uh, based off of uh, how the Bible traditionally presents um them and so it it it, it yeah it, uh, yeah i'll probably mess up too but it it makes sense i mean as far as like um the holy spirit's a spirit it's not you know not a male they, or female not a, a human yeah. being like it's not even like jesus where god the second member of the trinity came down as a man it's uh, like no literally like not a man or a woman right, right. <laughs> like le- like legit genderless right but you know, like Kennedy, when you think Old Testament, just what are thoughts that come to mind? Um, as in regards to the be frank, in regards to the Holy Spirit, just oh broadly, um, angry God. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, like war. Um, Really cool miracles. Yeah. I'll say like yeah. splitting seas and, and fire coming down to an altar. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think. Yeah, I don't know. Those are those are kind of so interesting because I, I I feel like one I think you just you just hit at the pulse of where a lot of people are with that. You know, yeah, just like yeah. when they think Old Testament, they they you know think very intensely like. You know, um, they think 
God who's angry. Mm-hmm. They think violence, cool mirror, like almost like to a T of like if we did a survey uh, of like how right. Americans think about. I, I would be reading know, the Old Testament and be like, how many of these people are actually going to heaven? <laughs> yeah, because I was always yes. kind of like, like of the mindset that like oh they all really needed jesus except for like maybe like noah and like abraham and then like everyone else going to hell because <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know like that just was never very well explained to me but no yeah, it's yeah, a little yeah. more complicated and and it's like by a lot of our modern moral sensibilities like a lot of there 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 was there were some like there were a lot of behavior there's a lot of behavior in the old testament that's like and that's the good guy, you know, like, right, right, which, true, which, yeah. which makes sense with our ethics of like grace and forgiveness and mm-hmm. God renewing and restoring people. But it, but it also like surfacely comes across as like, wow, like that, that makes less sense mm-hmm. of, <laughs> of like how these people are considered like mm-hmm. ancient, you know, heroes, folk tales, you know. Yeah. But briefly as far as the holy spirit's participation in the old testament while it is very significant and very much like constant it really is in many ways also simplistic Mm -hmm. so we we first see the holy spirit in genesis hovering over chaotic dark water creation Mm -hmm. space and the consistent imagery that they get in the Old Testament is um, animation. So, animation and empowerment. So, like, when the Spirit would rush upon a person in the Old Testament, normally that very language was used, kind of this rush or this kind of, um, you know, almost think of like a, like a, like a tackle upon or like a pouring into a person mm-hmm. um, it's normally for a vocation mm-hmm. it, like, it's like I'm becoming a king of Israel I am therefore empowered by and rushed upon by the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. or the Spirit of God which one like the Holy Spirit it's more, more often just the Spirit of the Lord you know mm-hmm. or, uh, or you know I'm about to go do this great task for the Lord be a prophet or be a mm-hmm. or be a leader of an army or you know like whatever and it's like the spirit would rush upon or mm-hmm. you know for that reason um so so that's that's often like pretty much almost exclusively the portrayal in the old testament is this like um aid or this empowerment Mm. towards duties tasks and responsibilities um and vocations Mm -hmm. of 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 the old testament with is 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 like oftentimes how we see the holy spirit presented and then you have this like spirit of the lord inside of the temple and inside of the tabernacle the and presence of the Lord that made those spaces very sacred and holy and oftentimes, especially if you're not um, approaching them with proper reverence, sometimes dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. And so there is kind of this this combination of like animation and empowerment, 
and um, reality of the presence of the Lord in our human earth realm, right? Mm -hmm. Because the, the Old Testament kind of bifurcates this these two realities of like well there's God's space where he lives mm -hmm. heaven and then there's our space where humans live the earth and these places interact with one another and one of the more prominent ways that we see this overlap of the spaces is the spirit coming into our space and doing things mm -hmm. and sometimes even connecting us with God's space mm -hmm. And, of course, there's no language of, like, the Trinity specifically in the Bible. Um, and so even in the Old Testament, you're not even sure this is a different member right. or a different person <clears throat> from who Yahweh is. You're just like, this is Yahweh. Mm -hmm. You know, the spirit of Yahweh is coming and empowering and engaging. You know what I mean? And so it doesn't even look like an external instrument as much as it is a constant presentation of the person of God mm -hmm. engaging and moving within his creation, mm -hmm. within their creation. Right. And then you get to the New Testament and it kind of follows suit at first because Jesus, the famous scene of him being baptized, mm -hmm. the spirit of the Lord comes upon him, his first sermon, he says, the spirit of the Lord has come upon me to, mm -hmm. to proclaim good news. Well, Interesting here, uh, it, it, it isn't the spirit of the Lord has come upon me to go tell people that the Lord died for that I'm going to die right, for their right, sins right. and raise it. It's like <laughs> the spirit of the Lord came upon me to release the captives. Right. Yeah, if, 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 <laughs> exactly, I think about that all the time. If Jesus, if Jesus, if the gospel is that Jesus died and rose again for our sins, then Jesus never actually shared the gospel. <laughs> Kennedy, don't get me and yourself in trouble on this episode. Which I don't believe is the case. I believe he shared the gospel, but the gospel wasn't necessarily... As, as simplistic, that. as dumbed down, right. as, you know, I died for sins, rose from the dead, and now uh -huh. send it to the Father. It's like, <clears throat> that is one of the biggest mechanisms that I used mm. to bring the gospel into... Um, humanity mm -hmm. and the good news into humanity by literally saving people from the very thing that fractures humanity but also like another way to save people from the very things that human is to actually save people from what is fractured in humanity mm -hmm. you know like yeah. yeah let me get you out of incarceration let me get mm -hmm. let me you know heal your body mm -hmm. you know let me feed free you, you know, free <laughs> slaves, liberate right. you like uh, the the cancerous things that are in creation mm -hmm. delivering people from that is also a form of salvation that the ultimate reality is jesus saving us from the darkness of this world mm -hmm. so it, it is important to recognize that jesus first sermon and his presentation of what the good news or the gospel is is a little off from your average uh, street preacher but um so jesus is empowered the spirit rushes upon him for his vocation as the messiah which is an interesting first hint at mm. the idea of like there being multiple persons of god because mm. it's like you have this person who seems to be insinuating that he's god in a mm. lot of his behavior and a lot of his messaging and also the spirit has rushed upon him right to fulfill you know and so mm -hmm. and, he, and then at the same time within the baptism there, then there's the father speaking down and so it's like kind of all three members are kind of there it's mm -hmm. 
and 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 just so it's clear like you could not have walked up to most first century second temple jews who had become christians in early 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 christianity like right after jesus had resurrected from the dead mm-hmm. and got them to formally explain the trinity you couldn't have mm-hmm. they wouldn't have known how it, it they, they they they're they're monotheistic you know like they believe in one god yeah and so trying to explain how one god was three persons mm-hmm. was like blah. that's why it took like 300 years for to slowly formulate the idea mm-hmm. of course that was being obviously seen and purported in scripture and in a lot of com- theological commentary and stuff but it took a long time to formulate what we actually thought about the seeming multi-person one god mm-hmm. thing you know yeah yeah, um, yeah. And so, the, you know, then you get into the back half of the New Testament, and all of a sudden the Spirit becomes this animating force within Christians, but not for this, like, you go be a king, so you get the Spirit. You go, it's like, no, like, you permanently have the Spirit to live out the way that Jesus laid out for us to live. Mm-hmm. So the way that you're going to be more humble and have more grace and uh, movement towards the poor and you know have more self-control and all the fruits of the spirit peace patience kindness gentleness self-control you know love joy peace patience you know like literally a fruit of his their uh inhabitants and work within a person is these things Mm -hmm. because that's what they are there to accomplish within you Mm -hmm. um and this idea of while there was an old testament temple or a tabernacle like an actual sacred space where god was now the collective grouping of god's people because the spirit inhabits us as a people is now like a sacred space Mm -hmm. we've fallen far I mean the, the the idea that the the point of the the curation and the gathering of this new movement, this new Jesus movement, mm-hmm. was that we would I, be identified as like the sacred space where a fresh humanity would live out beautiful ethics of Jesus and mm-hmm. and you know and it's like and now most churches are like not safe for like kids, women, black people, mm-hmm. you know, gay people, <laughs> you right. know, it's, that is. <laughs> We've fallen far from the idea of like a, being mm-hmm. a sacred space, but yeah. but that was the kind of the old the New Testament movement of like this, the spirit no longer becoming this temporary thing that moved upon you for a vocational purpose, mm-hmm. but was not a lifelong partner in conforming you mm-hmm. to the way of Jesus Christ. Okay, you know, mm-hmm. and th- and that's kind of the that's really while being not exhaustive whatsoever, the bookend kind of overview of the purpose and the movement of the Holy Spirit throughout Scripture. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of other stuff. We could, we could talk about how the Spirit is uh, uh, responsible for um, interceding on our behalf before the Lord along with Jesus Christ. We could talk about... Um, what, is, what does that mean? That's a, that that yeah. sounds a little bit of like... This like kind of what I was saying of the Old Testament sounds like angry, you know, father, 
and then the Holy Spirit and Jesus are like, oh, but, you know, they're my friend. You know, like that's such a good question. Uh-huh. That's such a good question. Um, and this is such a this is such another episode. But like the, the depiction of the Old Testament God as like angry and vengeful, mm. while that makes sense to our modern sensibilities would be absurd to people in the ancient Near East. Mm. And a lot of the occult religious spaces that a lot of ancient Near Eastern people were a part of did not nearly have gods that were as complicated, as gentle, and as compassionate as Yahweh in the Old Testament. Mm. Okay. It, like it, and, and that sounds absurd to us when you're talking about a god who like <laughs> oh struck a dude dead for picking up sticks on the Sabbath. Right. <laughs> you know, which all these stories have a lot of context, right? Mm-hmm. But like a god who was like weeping and whining over a people that he desperately loved and seemed to not be able to gain their affection and allegiance mm-hmm. is absurd mm-hmm. to, to ancient Near Eastern people. Right. A, a God who, there's a, there's a section in the Bible where God literally, as Israel is groaning again about not being um, properly uh, supplied for in the wilderness where Yahweh is like, hey, Moses, I'm going to sit on this rock and then I want you to strike it. I'm going to sit on this rock and then I want you to strike the rock and mm-hmm. give them water as they're groaning for water. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it, it's really, it's, it, it's it kind of ambiguous what's actually going on there, but the, but the mild foreshadowing and symbolism to Jesus being struck mm-hmm. for a rebellious humanity and providing nourishment and and something essential to humanity mm-hmm. in being struck is obviously kind of a one-to-one even if it's kind of weird what's actually happening there mm-hmm. like and so you do have like a pretty compassionate God being displayed in the Old Testament it's just compassionate relative to the surrounding culture mm-hmm. which is very important to know because like that means that it was actually able to communicate into that culture. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can't commu- you can't communicate way ahead of okay, example. Just cuz I think this is important for the angry god thing even though I know you meant it to talk about the spirit, which still right, makes right. sense cuz you're talking about holy spirit interceding on our behalf. Why is he doing that? Is God still an angry right, god, right. you know? Right. But like you can only communicate well if you're communicating within what makes sense within a cultural framework. Like, let's say 200 years from now, there are genderless societies. Mm-hmm. Societies with no gender. Okay? How God would interact with that society and how God interacts with our society are obviously going to have to be radically different mm-hmm. to the point where people in that genderless society may look back at how God was interacting with us and be like, mm-hmm. That stone cold son of a gun told them to marry one another. What a jerk! Made women go through childbearing. Uh-huh. Oh, we have such more efficient ways to procreate now. You right, know, like right, okay. and so it's it's such a it's a, it's a bad it's a bad example and it's got holes. But it but it but it, at least it's helpful as far saying, as like yeah. a you know kind of an imagery. Uh-huh. The intercession on our behalf is that how that's framed in the New Testament is less softening up God's heart Mm -hmm. to fulfill requests and more of a comforting thing of like 
God desperately leans into your prayers and cares about your prayers. Okay. To the point where two members of his three person being are interceding on your behalf. Mm-hmm. And um I, I think that I think that's a little bit more of what those verses and the context to which that those kind of, that kind of language in the New Testament is kind of hitting at is there is a God that overwhelmingly cares about your prayers. Mm-hmm. Less than it is there is a God who stoically needs the other members of his being to provoke him into fulfilling requests, if that makes sense. So when, when, when we pray, you would say that we're praying to the Holy Spirit? That's such a good question. I, n- no, I, I think we, I think, um, and this is just my opinion, but I, I think, mm. I think all three of them have uniquely presented themselves mm-hmm. to where there is an engagement prayerfully that we can have with each member that is distinct mm-hmm. you know like God has <clears throat> the father has really presented themselves as a parental guiding figure mm-hmm. so we can interact with the father that way okay. the first member of the trinity if, if you know it's eventually we'll probably while understanding why it's significant that the bible referred to him as father eventually we'll probably not use the specific language of father and, and more lean into the idea of a parent, of a parental yeah. figure, right? Um, because he always, he, they present themselves oftentimes in motherly tones as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus took on human flesh and it stated that he knows all that we experience and can experience mm-hmm. and has intimate knowledge of that. So it's like, Man, if I want to pray, hey, this sucks. It's probably really good to talk to Jesus. Mm. You know what I mean? I see what you're saying. Like, and so I think each member gives us a unique way to interact. Mm. To where I would say, while it does seem like the common thing to say, like through the power of the Spirit, I pray to the Father because Jesus gave me access to the Father. It's like no, I think we just talk to all three members. Mm. You know, like I, yeah. I, does that is, is you does it does that feel? Yeah, no, I, I think I mean that's what I thought too. I was just curious because I think you were, I guess, just to kind of bounce off of the interceding mm-hmm. half and kind of the the meth or the the what you mentioned of like <clears throat> God or the Father being in heaven and us being on earth and there being the Spirit that kind of connects us. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just kind of curious if that was what you what you meant yeah by that. yeah does that does that now mean based mm. off of theological precedent that is exclusively how we should interact with God is like mm. to the Father through the Spirit of Jesus yeah, and yeah. it's like yeah it's like, I would say no I think there's I think they present differently so that we can engage with each of them in a unique way right okay. makes sense um, so that's kind of a overview biblically theologically mm. I left a lot out in that 23 minute or 20 minute overview you know so i'm curious i guess and we don't have to go this whole episode with this but like as far as like how a slave would see the holy spirit versus like i guess the slave master or just Mm -hmm. modern american okay yeah 
that's such a good point. It would seem as though... So it's interesting because I'm literally just right about that. There's mm-hmm. a slave in um, American history, African-American, or black guy. John G. is his name. Um, he has quite the miraculous story. He actually... Um, he um, doesn't know how to read at all. But somehow through begging God can read his Bible and literally his masters were like read this and he's like I can't but I know how to read this it was really weird it was crazy interesting and it is it is and he has he's very linked he has, there's a lot of writing on him he mm. um, John G John G mm-hmm. okay. and he actually has um, in some of his writing talked about his so basically, he he wrote a narrative about his he he eventually got out of slavery and wrote a narrative about his his horrific experiences within slavery, mm-hmm. and um, he actually talks about how comforting it is that the spirit groans and intercedes on his behalf, mm-hmm. um, and so I do think that the intimate nature that the spirit gets presented as having with humanity of like being inside of a human. Mm-hmm. You know, like illuminating a human's potential to do things for the Lord. You know, like I, I and 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 seeming to the spirit can be grieved. Mm-hmm. You know, the Old Testament or even the, you know the New Testament says you know like, and so it's like I I do think that there's a sense in which there is like a, a more of an intimate comfort that that it seems that some of the slaves had with the Holy Spirit. I certainly think the spirit was so revered amongst a lot of the slaves for the ability to provoke joy, charisma, hope, intimate languages and ways to communicate with God through like praying in tongues and Mm -hmm. like inspiring and illuminating church services Mm -hmm. that they would have like the spirits in this place, you know, and is moving and like causing joy and jubilee and hope and weeping and lament and and all these things. And so, to be to be frank with you, Kennedy, me not seeing a lot of slave masters as actually having an intimate relationship with mm-hmm. Christ, I don't know what. I know like what a lot of Puritan theology or a lot of like, you know antebellum south christian theology would say about the holy spirit i guess but like as far as like a lot of writings on as far as like intimate relationship like you look at like even someone like jonathan edwards very famous historic american pastor Mm. i mean he talks a lot about the trinity someone could probably grill me on this that's listening to this episode i don't remember jonathan edwards talking a lot about the act like the spirit themselves you know what i mean like I, i don't like a lot of it's a lot of like the father the work of christ and the Mm -hmm. spirit that fits into that but like yeah i mean a privileged oppressor class even if not all oppressor in mindset people i mean what what do you really engage with the Holy Spirit about and you know what I mean like I don't know like yeah I see what you're saying so you know um, you mentioned uh, grieving the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit uh, 
I guess when you say that, you mean like in terms of like wrestling. Yeah, owning a slave while you have the Holy Spirit inside of you would be grieving the Holy Spirit. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, abusing a woman as you are a representative of because because the idea of the Spirit. So you almost get this like beautiful transaction, right? So so here's God's space, mm. here's human space, heaven, earth. So you have God come down as a second member of the Trinity into man's space and become a man, mm-hmm. fully in, in, engage in human flesh, be a man, mm-hmm. die, rise from the dead, ascend back to heaven. And now there's flesh, there's blood and cells in heaven, in Christ, in mm-hmm. Jesus, sitting at the right hand of the Father. And then Jesus tells us, and I'm going to send the helper, the spirit. And so the spirit, now, so now you have the spirit embodying and illuminating the church and a flesh being of God. Mm. In, so you almost get the transaction of like humanity going into the heaven space and divinity coming into the human space, mm-hmm. right? And so, and the point of this divinity coming into the human space is to create and restore what the creation and what humanity was supposed to be. Mm. That's the whole reason for the Spirit's involvement in believers and in the world at large. Mm-hmm. And so, like, to have the spirit or to profess to believe in Christ and have access to the power of the spirit and to actively do things that are anti the kingdom movement of God I mean it, it, it it's like literally it's, it's, it's like it's like when we watch an NFL player who has all the talent in the world and refuses to have discipline and self control mm. it's like what a waste and 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 you, and you grieve that they have that talent, mm. and the spirit being a person, an actual person, mm-hmm. like they grieve that you refuse to access and tap into what your human potential okay, is. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that's a lot of what the language behind grieving is of like it, it, literally the context of that. You know, like grieving the Holy Spirit is living in ways that are antithetical to the mission of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Gotcha, okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. So, I know New Testament, there's like obviously, you know, plenty of cases of healings and uh, throwing out demons and stuff like that, that we don't probably see as much today, at least in the U.S. Uh, would you, I guess, say that there's like I guess a different maybe role or or like do you know what I'm trying to say of like do you think that the spirit is I guess either different or interacts with us different now than the spirit did in in such a way or do you think that healings even kind of still happen that's such a yeah 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 so this is it's so funny that um there's actual language for this in uh nerd theological circles so, like, uh, literally the terminology there is a continuationist or a sensationist. So, sensationists believe that, like, it ceased. Like, the, okay. the, the, the way that the Spirit interacted in the Bible ceased. Mm-hmm. And now the Spirit, it, it's a really silly uh, view, in my opinion, because they're still saying, the Spirit gives me love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. 
The spirit turns me, a very selfish human being, into a very selfless human being. That seems like a pretty miraculous feat, mm. but it ceased to do things like perform miracles of healing. Mm. I, th- that seems really stupid. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the spirit is no longer going to do what I would consider the least impressive thing of turning a, a blind person into a person that can see, but he will do <clears throat> the more impressive thing of turning Hitler into Mother Teresa. Mm. <laughs> like, in my opinion, that's way more impressive. You right. know? Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, a sensationist is like, yeah, God still, the Spirit still, like, sanctifies people and, like, makes them more holy. Mm-hmm. But they know that the Spirit no longer, like, performs miracles of, like, like physical. Healing. Yeah, yeah, and, like, people no longer do that in the modern the spirit no longer does that through people in mm-hmm. modern context or like makes people prophets or apostles or, you know, um, inspired by God and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas continuationists are like, nah, miracles still happen. Like God still does really crazy stuff through people. Like people can still speak in heavenly languages, like all of that stuff as a continuationist. And so um, I'm, a, I'm a continuationist. Okay. Like, I mean, I'm just like, I, I, it's interesting to read a Bible that says God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right. And then like, <laughs> uh. I'm just like, yeah, I, I think God is still doing stuff. I think oftentimes we don't look at things that are obviously blatantly miraculous as what they really are. Mm-hmm. The fact that me and you are not slaves in America, Kennedy, is <clears throat> miraculous. Mm-hmm. That is a miraculous move of the power of God. That me okay. and you are not slaves in America. If that uh, makes sense. So you okay? So that's that's another thing that I was thinking of. Like modern day, are there any points that you would look at and say points in history, even points maybe even in our, in our lifetime that you say, oh yeah, I see the spirit was there. Yeah, man, Jim Crow. My gosh, okay. I mean, like it, it. It was like the fact that a movement of minority-led men Mm. were able to crucify Jim Crow in America Mm. is pretty insane. Even with, like, all the white allyship that they had and the access they had to administrations during that time, like, presidential administrations during that time and things of that nature, like, I mean, and these were pretty extraordinary men and women. Mm. And I I say men because it was one of the failings of the civil rights movement was that it was almost exclusively male led mm-hmm. um not completely <clears throat> exclusively but almost but like um the fact that they pulled that off i just don't i like yeah and then like the writings that they had mm-hmm. you can tell me the letter from a birmingham jail <clears throat> isn't like we talked about this on yeah, the yeah. episode with mlk like is mm-hmm. that that that's not inspired by the holy spirit i mean People debate on, like, is it as inspired as, like, Paul's writings and all of that? And, like, yeah, debate away. But, like, the spirit was definitely a part of that letter. Well, yeah, even, even, <laughs> even the, the example of John G. Of, of, like, did you say he wrote um, a narrative of, of, him, of his... Uh, afterwards. afterwards, yeah. Yeah, now, after, by the time he wrote the narrative, he... Had learned, had learned to read oh, okay, and all okay. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I was gonna say that sounds so inspired. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, that the, sounds like a Bible. But well, the fact that the guy was able to read the Bible mm-hmm. when I mean, like, he, the way he talks about his slave masters, like that was strictly forbidden. Mm. 
um, by them, and hit in, in any of his spirituality was strictly forbidden. They, like, bro, you you got to read about this guy. Like, his his masters were grotesque. They as they would beat him, they would quote proverbs saying, uh, "Blessed is he who doesn't spare the rod." As they're beating a grown man, mm. referring to a verse that's about child, you know, rearing, you know, mm. um, yeah, just just sick, twisted, monstrous people. But yeah, I, I I would say that stuff is like, now you know, of course, someone who's not a believer would say, yeah, man, humans can do some pretty phenomenal feats. I just feel like I have language for it and a category to put that in of like yeah pretty miraculous and I would I would attribute that to the movement of the Holy Spirit that that was able to happen you know like and you know and like all types of modern phenomena of mm-hmm. like the 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 single mom who finds a way to like provide for mm-hmm. her children and raise them in humility and goodness and set them off to be you know able to have like um financial security and independence and Mm -hmm. the type of you know like the like we have overwhelming statistics that being born into poverty normally you die to some extent still in poverty Mm -hmm. and so seeing that story happen is fairly miraculous and so i don't i i I know people are listening to this and they're like Come on, dude. You're just describing like, you know, like human grit, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I just don't think I am. When these are oftentimes like very massive outliers, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean, like, and so I, I yeah, I, I think even stuff that seems relatively mundane, yeah, is still very clearly. Mm-hmm. in many ways miraculous yeah no I think that I mean I, I personally do also still believe in miracles I and and I'm going I admittedly I'm I'm like I guess struggling with uh, how I see the Holy Spirit in my life mm-hmm. but I also do believe like so I know when I was a kid uh, my mom was moving back to California we were in Texas. She's from California. She moves out there. Uh, we have nothing, pretty much. Um, I think car broke down somewhere up there. She's going to church and decides things going up there. Things aren't going very well up there, right? So she moves back because she wants to move back, but we don't have a car. Somehow, some way, someone just donates a car to the church. Someone needs this car. I feel like I'm being called to give this car away you know and Mm -hmm. we're the beneficiaries of getting that car i think that that is somehow some way spiritually facilitated uh 100 percent but also like i also understand stuff like that doesn't necessarily happen every day to everybody um and i think that's like i don't know if this is a bigger question than the spirit or whatever, but like, yeah, I mean, I mean, the, (laughs) the selectiveness of Uh the spirit's fortune is a philosophical question that Mm -hmm. we will carry with us till we talk to Jesus. I mean, it's like, do there are people who aggressively die from cancer and there are people who 
um, miraculously live after having stage four cancer. So, you know, it's like, yeah, I, why one over the? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, and I don't think it's. I think I think life is purposeful. I don't think it's random, mm. but a lot of what I'm going to experience in life, because of the nature of how big the world is, is going to feel very random, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to have answers for it. And so, yeah, I I think that is yeah, obviously, a bigger and much more difficult. We'd solve philosophy if we mm-hmm. <laughs> the problem of evil would be solved, yeah. you know, or like no, I, I see what yeah, you're saying. you know, but like, but um, but yeah, like no, I I I. I I think like I do think what we probably need to do when we think about miracles is modernize them, mm-hmm. right? Like we, you know, like I I think oftentimes like when Christians are like, man, we don't we don't see miracles in the church anymore. It's like they're mm-hmm. what they're trying to say is like we don't see people healing the blind anymore. It's like well, we have modern medicine today. Mm-hmm. You know, like I like we. It's it's okay that we actually are innovating our way into dealing with, and do, I would call uh, uh, LAS- LASIK surgery miraculous. If I if I were yeah. living two thousand years ago, even you know? even like, just like the creation of a light bulb, like to yes. capture electricity, makes absolutely no sense to me. Right. Yeah, there's so many things that we live with on a daily basis that are insane. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but in a in a virtual world, there's insane things that we human innovation is oftentimes pretty miraculous. Mm-hmm. And someone's like, "Well, you said the spirit was exclusive. I did not say the spirit was exclusive. Mm-hmm. It, 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 as far as used within the church, I just said that's the prominent way that Paul spoke about it. But I, I do think there's a lot of language in scripture that hints to the spirit's um, universal engagement." Mm-hmm. With all of humanity, just mm-hmm. not to the same intimate level, I would concede. But certainly, the spirit's activity in creation is not exclusive to the to the church. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I mean, like, I just think, yeah, like, I think there's a lot that today that we we don't think of as miraculous because we're stuck in a predominantly peasant first century world uh-huh. where we're trying to be like why don't we repeat the miracles from then uh-huh. why, don't there's, why don't people walk on water today I don't know maybe because we can like exquisitely <laughs> travel on water on right. a cruise you know uh-huh. like uh-huh. like, do we need to walk on water to like I don't know if that's going to show the power of God I, I, you know today uh-huh. like it, I, I, you know and so I'm like man like I, I think we have to modernize a lot of what is miraculous today mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean like oh every great invention is a work of the Holy Spirit that's not what I'm saying it's more like um, what we do need to redefine what would it look like for God to move today mm-hmm. and I think basically a massive portion of, portion of humanity hitting the streets in solidarity because one yeah. black man had a knee on his neck for nine minutes and was killed mm-hmm. and everyone now gets into the streets in a very unified effort and says this stuff's got to stop i think that's pretty miraculous so would you, know you I mean? would you say that the the attempt to fight that movement was anti-christ 100 percent. okay 100 percent. that is that the spirit that 
you think the Bible would describe as the the I as guess the an the, antichrist? Okay. The, yeah, the spirit of it. Yeah, so not like it's not like those people are the antichrist, right? By any right, means, right. you know, but that is the spirit of one hundred percent. Okay, Be, because because it was made very clear to them time and time again. You are not following an organization. Mm-hmm. This is it. This is, a, this is a, these all the people that hit the streets were not affirming the organization, which there wasn't anything problematic in the organization's statement. You're talking about Black Lives Matter? Yeah, uh-huh. like, what was what was some of the most problematic thing about them was some of the mishandlings of finances. Mm-hmm. It was never, like, like, their statements were very human flourishing. I'm, I'm sorry if, like, you're still, like, regressive in your civil rights and you don't believe that like mm-hmm. g- gay people should have rights or trans people should have rights or or there should be more fluidity in how we do gender roles and, and family and you know and all of that stuff which the movement was like speaking into but you live in a society full of those people and there was nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that movement saying hey as we fight for the civil rights of African Americans we also believe in you know and oftentimes they were even framing some of that stuff in like Hey, like this will help you be more compassionate to the black community if you can see family as not simply nuclear, but also like a village mindset, which a lot of times that actually is a representation of what the black community lives out. Uh, you know, like whatever. But like, yeah, I, I, yeah, a movement that was trying to say human lives matter, yeah, confronting that seems a bit antichrist to me. <laughs> I, <laughs> in, I, I, to I, be simple, I, you know, I like, knew the answer to my question, but I was just like, I just kind of want to hear you kind of in depth. <laughs> You describe the spirit of the Antichrist. Yeah, you too, want so. me to say it and get in trouble? Don't yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess, um, I guess one of one thing I'd also wonder too of like just common misconceptions of the Holy Spirit because I can kind of think of a few of like because um, I've been to churches where the only thing that we believe the Spirit was really. Uh, responsible for was like filling us so that we could evangelize right you know well um, I've been to churches where you know it's we like heavily emphasize the Holy Spirit to the point where it was like if you can't speak in tongues then you don't really have the Holy Spirit I've heard that before you know right Um, I guess would you say like there are any pressing uh, what do you call it misconceptions that are pretty harmful or like what would be a few? Pretty bad to just ignore the guy. Or they, or them. Uh. You know? <laughs> uh, a lot of Christianity, like, pretty much ignores uh-huh. the Holy Spirit. They wouldn't say it that way, but, like, the only time they're really talking about the Holy Spirit is in reference to some aspect of Jesus, mm-hmm. which that is way... Um, uh, restrictive, you know, as far as a helpful understanding of who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, it referring to the Holy Spirit as it, I, I although it's tempting because they don't have like mm-hmm. they're they, you know the Holy Spirit isn't human and doesn't get the same anthropomorphic qualities of like God the Father oftentimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think taking away the personality of the Holy Spirit and it's their (laughs) 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 ability to grieve, feel, Uh, think, 
Okay. B is like the I lose a lot of usefulness for something that is an it, uh-huh. but I have a lot of usefulness for someone right. with power to affect mm-hmm. and enhance my life advantageously. You know. Yeah. So I think those two things are pretty big. The the I, I think if people are honest, like they the Holy Spirit is the fourth member of the Trinity. Mm. You know, like it, the Holy Spirit does fall behind the Bible as far mm. as like, if we're honest, like we are much more inclined to say, I need help with this. Let me go to the Bible yeah. instead of saying, I need help with this. Let me pray to the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's and I under And I understand that because, dude, I'm a nerd. I'm a cerebral guy. Like, of course, I'd rather like read a text than... Mm. talk to myself you know <laughs> like but um i i think you're gonna get a much more healthy christian that moves off of their instincts and intuitive leanings of where the spirit is guiding mm-hmm. than a book where they have to like sometimes do a significant amount of gymnastics even to understand what the book is trying to communicate. Right. And so what I'm not saying is like become an anti-intellectual movement Mm -hmm. that is kind of like a cult and says, uh, I should probably do this, but, uh, but I have this feeling, Mm -hmm. this, this, I, I, God said not to, you know, I've been in places where that was a, thing too uh, yeah so so that, that, that's sad, god sad. told me to right. propose to this woman right. i've heard I, i've heard things like that that's that's you know the spirit but on the abused, but, but on the but on the positive side of that is like uh, yeah i don't have a scripture that tells me i would love this particular neighbor because there is no this particular neighbor in the bible mm-hmm. but the spirit is very clearly saying in my spirit love my neighbor and care for this person right you know what i mean and like yeah of course you can find another bible verse that says love your neighbor but like i don't want to do this no i gotta do this do it you are gonna find a lot of texts that make it easy to be affirming of lgbtq plus issues in Mm. that community because they really don't exist in the bible Mm. like at all in any semblance of how they're recognizable today. Mm. Like, there isn't like a preponderance of like transgender reality or like, you know, covenantal gay relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you, you're just not gonna get a lot of that in script. So you can have obvious implications healthy, sophisticated, complicated readings and texts, all that stuff. But what's really going to guide you and how you love your LGBTQ plus neighbor is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So it's not anti-intellectual. It's more of like you shouldn't be beholden to a book <laughs> when you have God. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and the book gives language and guidance of how God operates, but it is not the exclusive but and the spirit is also going to lead you to modern data and empirical mm. data yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know like modern observation like the spirit is also going to lead you to yeah intellectual realities that you need to face in order to appropriately love mm-hmm. people you know and care for people yeah no i see i see what you're saying and i i um 
I, I think that the spirit... Well, okay, so I, I guess I forgot what I was going to say, but I'll move on to, I guess, the I, we both wanted to talk about the um, movement from religious like religious yeah. beliefs to spiritualism mm-hmm. um, and the nature of what that looks like for our conversation about the Holy Spirit yeah I mean it's mm-hmm. like it's pretty blatantly obvious that a lot of people don't want to go to church anymore <laughs> <laughs> like especially post-COVID man I mean it just it just like attendance across yeah. churches which just dropped like right. of course we could look up like there's like a lot of data it's very Googleable, but like you could also just like look at most modern churches and it's like lot of empty seats Mm -hmm. you know and like big reasons for that i mean i you know it's interesting because growing up we i always got told oh they're leaving because like they're not good christians they didn't really love jesus (laughs) they're not good christians they fell into the ways of the world yeah they're enticing yeah they're like they're like the seed that drugs yeah they're they're, (laughs) they're the seed that got choked up by the thorns when it tried to grow Uh, grow out or whatever you know in the parable and like it's like or they got sexually assaulted by their pastor Uh, you know or like or like they were experienced spiritual abuse from their youth minister or you know like yeah what about those things that like we actually have like a lot of data on that's not like conjecture like we can show the number of cases that denominations have had sexual assault cases mm-hmm. or we can show like the we can literally just like scroll down twitter and see how many people have all of these stories mm-hmm. about like their experiences within churches mm-hmm. we we can see like the the like juxtaposition of like modern social data and how it's pushing humanity into new ways of thinking and like the rigid structures of like most church systems and how they kind of regress a lot of what it means to be human if they're not you know not if they're not careful but oftentimes just in reality Mm -hmm. and so yeah you have a lot of like a decline in engagement with spirituality and really, that's, that's, that's Christianity for sure, but it's kind of across the board as well. You just have a lot of people who are just like, man, I have to go to a place mm. and have them dictate how I live out my faith. That sounds you know? like, uh, <laughs> to me, that the more I think about that and the more I've thought about that over the last few years, that sounds like a temple mm-hmm. in the Old Testament mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. God was only in that temple so interesting that God was trying to move us out of that dispensation right. and we just <laughs> right. built massive churches and went right, right back right, you right, know? Yeah. And like, um, um, yeah yeah no I, I I don't know with the whole I guess movement out of religious beliefs into more spiritual I think that that like can pretty easily be summed especially over the COVID era mm-hmm. um, I just think that a lot of people kind of felt like I, I I don't know like church may not always be the most loving environment yeah and yeah. it may not be the most uh, uh, peaceful accepting. or uh, accepting or anxiety free environment it, mm-hmm. it might actually provoke more anxiety it mm-hmm. might provoke more um, self-hate you know it might provoke didn't help that it we found out statistically that it harbors a lot of white supremacists. Yeah. And, and a lot of evangelical. And businesses. I I personally I don't have any stats to back this up, but I personally could see a way where in the COVID era people 
just naturally decided, okay, I'm not going to go to church because of COVID and may have just found more peace in their life. N- yes. May have just found more love in their life, interacting in a more spiritual Yeah, it's hard fashion. to get data on that in particular, but, like, uh-huh. you got pretty overwhelming anecdotal stories of that. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, my whole friend group. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> like me. <laughs> right. Um, talk about yourself. <laughs> yeah, this whole time I'm a, um, <laughs> ta- asking for a friend, talking for. No, uh, uh, but I will say I, I did find a statistic. It showed. Um, it's uh, let's see. It says that eighteen and a half percent of American adults in 1998, uh, I guess, claimed spirituality mm-hmm. more than uh, than. Religion mm-hmm. um, in, in 2020, it was 33.6. So, and why it's an important distinction is I don't think people are done with spirituality. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a rise in like a lot of like um, witchcraft and like um, uh, more like individual based spirituality mm-hmm. things of like you know people reading you know about Buddhism or in Buddhist mm-hmm. enlightenment about Zen Buddhism about like. Um, you know, uh, ancient Eastern practices, like mm. where they can, like, you know, even like t- taking yoga and making it a little bit more than stretching, but like trying mm. to meditate and connect with, you know, the spiritual and the universe and the things around you. And like, mm-hmm. it's like, so people are not budging on that. Like, it is people like having aspects of spirituality in their life. Mm. It, 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 is, it is shown. Um, even like uh, therapists and counselors use this a lot like giving someone a narrative Mm -hmm. for the things that they're struggling to wrestle with in their lives is very helpful for them to grasp a little bit better Mm -hmm. you know and so um, so having some kind of spiritual narrative is really helpful which is why I'm like pretty this is like a slam dunk home run like I think like Christianity has some great, like, um, content and instruments and tools to give people to enhance their personal spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, the Bible in and of itself is meditation literature. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you look at a lot of the activity within the work of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament... It's all, it's almost, it, it's, it's religious in the sense of like sometimes he'll, you know, inspire like a prophet or, you know, a priest or whatever. But like mm-hmm. a lot of times it's like the spirit rushed upon this person and they did amazing art to design the temple or the mm-hmm. tabernacle. Or like Moses was like not anything except a guy who just ran out, you know, yeah. of, of yeah. a, um, Egypt and he's just yeah. a guy that the spirit just happens to. You know, and use them to liberate slaves. Yeah, literally use Moses to liberate slaves. Mm-hmm. The power of the Spirit was there to help Moses liberate slaves. You know, like, um, and so I'm like, man, a lot of modern contexts, like, embracing, especially with so much of like content being a focus on personal development. Mm-hmm. Like, holy crap, we literally have like a being. Mm-hmm. whose entire canonical existence has been like pushing humans toward their original intended purpose mm-hmm. okay 
you know and so I'm just like that is such a beautiful message that we can engage people with mm-hmm. you know is this idea of like the power of the Holy Spirit isn't there to give you the ability to hold snakes and you know <laughs> look crazy while you're in church yeah. or you know like the Holy Spirit's power is there to like <laughs> to like make you a better artist mm-hmm. make you a better human make you a more charitable kind individual make mm-hmm. you um, a better a better leader make mm-hmm. you a better more compassionate yes like 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 it, it, the purpose of the spirit ultimately if I were to like give it its most dumbed down definition is to make you fully human mm. and we put it in all this religious language of conform you to the image of Christ which is I don't love that language because I think it, mm. people don't really get what that means yeah. conforming you to the image of Christ means you love the poor better mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're sharper so it's more you, conforming you know? to the way yes. of Christ yes mm-hmm. yes now of course like it is conforming you to his image in the sense of like you look more like him, but you look more like him because you're following his way, his mm-hmm. path, his, yeah, yeah. what he has laid out as, as wisdom and as enlightenment. And so, yeah, I, I, I think that can speak so much into a lot of modern spirituality and a lot of modern mm-hmm. personal development. Mm-hmm. The, the Holy Spirit has so much to offer yeah. in that sense. I, I know people who were previously atheists who would now probably ascribe to some form of spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's explicitly Christian or, or you know, what, would, what they would call it, but um, that kind of struck me as, like, just very interesting of how someone could go from pretty staunchly believing that there just is no God to, like, Oh yeah, like I've interacted, I've had an experience that mm. makes me believe that there's a God or there's a spirit or, or mm. something there that's greater than myself. And I'm curious, I guess, because I, I think that for a long time Christians have been trying to win intellectual arguments by being anti-intellectual, which is funny. Uh, but uh, but have tried to win intellectual arguments of like oh how could earth exist without you know a existence of God or you know mm-hmm. um, trying to win arguments about how old the you know the earth is mm-hmm. or you know Noah's ark being a real or fake you know whatever right, right. Um, when I feel like maybe a bigger draw towards. Uh, I guess people who aren't necessarily Christians might be a little bit more spiritual, if that makes any sense. Yes. Do yes. You... Look at look at where their look at where their felt needs are. Mm. Look at where their pain points are. Like lit- a lot of what the spirit is described as being throughout the Bible mm. engages with that. Mm. Engage the companionship. Um uh, recreating you, shifting mm. your mind and your focus and your paradigm giving you more self-control, giving you more joy, you know, like, I I mean, like, I would never, of course, exclusively tell someone who is depressed, here's the spirit, you Mm -hmm. got it, you're good, you know, no, get medicine, go to therapy, get good, healthy relationships and friendships, all that makes you a whole healthy person, but also, 
a spirit who literally a fruit of their existence is joy <laughs> would probably be advantageous to someone who's struggling with depression. Mm -hmm. And I think that spirit does provoke you to go get counseling and therapy and medicine yeah, yeah. and friendships and all that yes, stuff. But I think they also like actually can powerfully, miraculously bring something to you that you did not have before. Mm -hmm. And Dude, as a progressive, as, as a actual progressive, as someone who is genuinely like, I am stupid left. <laughs> if I tried to explain how left I am. There are left things that you might not be allowed to say. Exactly. Uh, and here I am I'm talking about how <laughs> awesome a spirit mm -hmm. that can inhabit and empower and illuminate people is mm -hmm. it, it, it could sound kooky to some people who don't engage with you know these aspects of spirituality but i so firmly believe this mm -hmm. like so firmly believe that it's just as concrete as the realities of science and data and mm -hmm. i you know like reality of like i think the spirit is the ultimate reality that created all realities mm -hmm. and is like longing and hoping to bring humanity and push humanity back into what we were always meant to be and mm -hmm. so um yeah i think i you know it i think it's a great message for us to have mm -hmm. to present who the spirit really is and my, my 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 last kind of thing is unless you have another question or thought it's like you know oftentimes we're so busy trying to tell people that God exists to win like some cheap argument of like our side being affirmed that God is real or whatever instead of telling people what God is like mm -hmm. and the presentation of the Holy Spirit all throughout the scripture is of a very attractive very engaging very beautiful reality mm -hmm. of what the Spirit does in a lot of people's lives mm -hmm. throughout the the entirety of scripture and i'm like yeah that sounds that sounds like a god that i want to love yeah. is a god who makes humans whole yeah no i i think a more effective way of convincing people that your god is real or your god is loving instead of winning intellectual arguments is more um housing poor people mm -hmm. like it like if i if i were if i were homeless mm -hmm. or if i were you know hungry um and i'm praying because i i think a lot of people who may not claim religion or mm -hmm. a lot of people who um may even be atheists or agnostic still still pray yeah um more than they may you know, lead on. And I, I say this not because I have any numbers, just because I know people who mm -hmm. who are atheists or agnostic who Every, still at times everyone pray. Everyone was praying for, what, what was his name, the, the Bills De, player? DeMar Hamlet. Yeah, yeah, everyone was praying. Right, yeah. people who were, you know, non-religious were, were mm -hmm. saying, like, I'm sending, you know, my best wishes or sending my prayers. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's more common than we probably give, um, a, you know, credit for. Mm -hmm. And I think as Christians, rather than winning an intellectual argument, it's probably more effective to answer their prayers mm -hmm. if that you like it's more effective to feed the the, the hungry person mm -hmm. who 
was praying for a meal. It's more effective to find housing for a homeless person who is praying for shelter. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, I feel like they're looking at these people who are collectively working for their better... Um, for the better just, of the broader right. world. And yeah. it's mm-hmm. at that point, it's like, you know what? Their God provoked them to work for the betterment of humanity that i don't know like do you know what i'm saying like yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, seems I, like I, a, I, w- I wish this was like a i wish this was like a new original thought so that it right so we could like it's not but exactly it, it but, feels like one because because <laughs> when you problems. go to church that's yeah. it's about uh, apologetics or you know but, uh, but literally god designed israel to mm-hmm. do exactly what you just said like right. he was like hey like you guys come together and be so such a beautiful depiction of what humanity mm-hmm. is that people get the that people realize that like I, the God who created you mm-hmm. and all of the universe, can actually provoke and create mm-hmm. the true humanity within you. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. Like that was the point, right? You know, and, and like, I I think, yeah, I just I think that I think we can answer people's prayers. Right, you're not praying to us, but you're praying to a spirit. If we're actively acting on that spirit, then we'll probably be answering people. Yeah, I mean, Jesus said, told the disciples to pray that there would be more harvesters because the harvest is plentiful. And then he sent mm-hmm. the very people that he told to go pray that to mm-hmm. go be the harvesters. Yeah. You know, like, and so it's like, yeah, like 100%. So, yeah, yeah dude, this was fun. I haven't. This was one of my favorite ones. I haven't. Got to uh, just uh, have an episode that was so dedicated to theology in a while. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a Bible nerd, so I love this. Yeah, yeah. No, like <laughs> it, it felt like, I don't know, for me personally, I, know, I kind of feel like walking out of it, I'm like, oh, I feel kind of like better about the Spirit too. Like, not that I didn't have anything against the Spirit, but like, you know, just having more of kind of like, a, okay, this is this is like what it means. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, so. 100%. Well, um, hope this was fun. Hope this was a fun ride. Um, and, and hope this once again just gives, you know, a helpful tool to how to, um, how to, how to, you know, better modernize and can communicate our faith and just briefly, cause I know this is always a thing like, why do I need to modernize it? Just, it's just good. And I can't always just go with the wave of the culture. So interesting because the whole Bible tells you to love the poor and like, uh, forsake riches and don't see many of y'all doing that so obviously you contextualize the bible for your own political purposes as well so don't don't just put that on the left because um, we all we all have to modernize our faith and i just so happen to believe that the left's uh, progressive values seem to fit a little bit uh, not a little bit uh almost <laughs> significantly better with the ethics of yahweh and christ so uh feel feel good about that take too uh, mm. feel good about that take I, you know my my uh, ideological ancestors were not um slave masters but um thank you all so much for <laughs> joining us for another episode um these conversations are of course uh you know while we try to be clear like there's still also like so much so many thoughts and so many things to rebuke and re- be you know have rebuttals and um some of this even kind of while it's hopefully helpful and complicated even polarizing and so we always love to talk we would love to talk on social media 
Uh, we would love to talk, uh, especially um, uh, through email with uh, uh, at or the more minority show at gmail.com. We'd love to continue some of these conversations there as well. If you have any questions, thoughts, encouragements, whatever. So, as always, thanks for joining us, and uh, we will uh, have another fun conversation again soon.